I think I've got it. Courage, compassion, and wonder. Courage, compassion, and wonder. Courage, compassion, wonder. Flow, mistakes, wonders. Love, growth. Courage, compassion, wonder. Flow, mistakes, wonders. Love, growth. This is the Ike's in your pocket. Let's get to work. Ooh, yeah, it's in your pocket number 10. What's up? This is Ray. Um, it's literally, you're going to hear this in like an hour and a half or so, but it's, it, it's eight in the morning. I started, I woke up early to try to finish the podcast uh, before work and then the audio was skipping. I was like perfect on my timeline and I started stressing out. Kyle was eating breakfast in the room. He helped me troubleshoot after I tried so many different things. Reset the computer. So I'm doing a quick intro before I take off for work and then Hopefully we can have this for you to listen, but this special podcast is just a reflection of Campout, which we just had. If you've been following us, you might know about that. We did a Campout and just National Forest, 123 folks, um, old friends, new friends, people we haven't met, people just taking a chance to come out, um, facilitated, essentially try to facilitate a whole community for the weekend. We built different structures. We had 20 different workshops from different types of yoga to psychedelic stillness to Guatemalan tamales and food traditions to dream weaving to storytelling to Bali song flow which is like which is butterfly knife kind of flow movement exercises to Zumba to acoustic music sets Um, we put people into tribes just small groups for the weekend just to try and facilitate as much connection as possible throughout the weekend but at the same time creating a space that allowed people to just be disconnected from their phones uh, be in nature and allow them to choose their own adventure so it was to to say the least profound and the feedback we've gotten um, has been pretty pretty uh it'll i'd say i don't say breathtaking but it takes you aback um in terms of just realizing people are hungry for this type of connection or to be put in spaces to be able to reflect, um, to be on their own uh, without the inputs of the world. We'd like to think after um, what we've heard back from everybody. But uh, without too much talking, just want to let you um, listen to Uni, Kyle, and I just reflect on the whole experience and what it means overall for EX. So check it out. Have a good weekend. Tonight we're at General Lee's, um, benefiting Rectangle, our friends who also cooked dinner there. So it was a full community effort. Skid Row Coffee, shout out to you too. So check it out. Peace. Your audible release of having completed camp out. feel so much more like a and i've been feeling this so much this last like week and a half yeah. it's like feeling mad depleted dude yeah depleted De- hella depleted it sounded more like a relief yeah yeah like a big shit i'm like ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. like yeah yeah but it's like oh yeah I you just came get... you came back 10 pounds lighter <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like i came back 10 pounds lighter yeah yeah, yeah. and also like what do i do with myself now dude <laughs> it is like that I think also it's the, the uh, it feels like, actually I've been, I felt super overwhelmed after. Yeah. Because it's just like, well, where do we go from here? Like, 
if you were to think about how well the campout went, in terms of like what could go wrong when you have no service, no running water, you're bringing people into the mountains, and you don't know some of the people, and these people have never cohabitated before. Yeah. You're feeding them. Like, the fact that nothing went wrong. Like, nothing. Like, that's pretty mind-blowing. And then it, but it's also like, where the hell do we go from here? Like, how do you create that? Or you feel that, that yeah. this is yeah. this is what has been created by the community and like to continue to move that forward. But Yeah, it's cool because I had a uh, phone call on my way home today from work with a friend, a good friend who has noticed a lot of our stuff from afar and I'd planned a lot of stuff with him before, but he didn't come. So it's probably my first opportunity to really explain how camp out went to someone that wasn't there, mm. but like mm. knew about it, yeah. has been to events before, knows about planning process and stuff and being yeah. able to like <clears throat> explain how things went to someone that wasn't there for the first opportunity was, was really cool. Just, someone who knows like how like organizing and like what it's yeah. like to and put just, on an event. Yeah, and I had talked to about the process leading up to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I think ever since camp out I've either been talking to people that went, so there's a shared story there. Yeah. Of like you can pull out specific moments and it doesn't feel too uh, like insider ish yeah. because they were there. Or I was talking to people like at work where they don't really know, so you like there's only so much you can say. Yeah. Like, it looks cool on your photos. And it's like, right. yeah, yeah, it was great. We did this and this and this, but don't have to go too much deeper yeah. because maybe they wouldn't really, I'd have to like sit down with them for a while to be like, this is why we did it and give yeah. the backstory for them to understand why I think it went so well. Yeah. But it was cool to, to share that with that person. So if we were to paint the picture for somebody listening right now, just indivi- like uh, collectively, the three of us to like put that together. How would we paint the picture of what Camp Out is to somebody that didn't know? Like what it is, the end product. They all like the aspect, the intention of it. Like what, just what it was literally. So I'll start. So it was like it's a camp out of 123 people, people from like our community, friends of friends, people that have been to our events. It was in Bandito Campground in Angeles National Forest. We had a big group campsite uh, with a big center village. We had three structures, five if you want to count the health hut, the kitchen, the Wonder Base Starship, and the Healing Dome. Yeah, everyone was uh, unplugged from cell service, from day-to-day living. Uh, everyone was sleeping in tents. Some people slept in their cars, but most yeah. people were in tents. So it was like actual camping, no running water. And so we had to provide... Um, I mean, there's a whole entertainment piece of it, but in terms of nuts and bolts, like we had to make sure everyone had tents. Um, most people were there for at least three meals, so we had to provide three meals. Um, we had to make sure what the bathrooms were like had toilet paper in them, right? Because like rangers didn't come every day to like supply everything. We had to make sure uh, there was enough drinking. Everyone brought enough drinking water, and we had packed enough extra drinking water plus uh, water for like us trying to make it a green experience right people bringing their own reusable plates utensils bowls cups so that we had like washing stations so enough water to make sure everyone could wash all the things that they needed to wash washing their hands like um snacks fruit um what else nuts and bolts like people who who had good knowledge of medical like staff just in case if someone you know 
sprains an ankle, gets bit by a snake, like, mm-hmm. you never know, right? And being 30 minutes away from the, the closest, like, cell service spot, fire station, 40 miles from the nearest hospital, like, making sure we knew all the different, like, X's and O's as to, like, if an emergency were to happen, yeah. how to park. So 123 people, you had to think about, okay, how many cars would be coming up? And that campsite, I think, is designated for maybe, like, 50 cars, right? I'd say 50 cars. And so trying to encourage carpooling, but then, um, you know, having a whole parking, dedicating parking staff to, like... And when I say staff, it's, like, you know, the homies who are volunteering, right? Um, Yeah, it was cool because part of it is also you're thinking about 123 people coming and... Those people are there for, you know, two nights, two and a half days. Um, and throughout that whole time, trying to make it an experience where they at least have the option of something to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we all come from the background of experience in a lot of festivals where we're building our own little experience or camp within those festivals, but that is just the home safety comfort aspect of things like providing meals and a place with shade and a place to sleep but we don't have to think about how to entertain people throughout Mm -hmm. that whole time because you have the festival backdrop but this is the first time where we have to intentionally think about yeah how do we make it so that people aren't like what do i do like where do i go like i'm here now you know what do i do yeah we gave them plenty of options to experience that. Whereas people could also say, I'm just going to relax. I don't need to do anything right now, which mm-hmm. is good. And people will do that. But, um, I think that was part of like the big aspect of thinking was how do we make sure that the time is worth it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you're planning for the spectrum of people, right? We had people coming that are experienced campers, but then you have people literally, it's their first time in the forest, literally their first time camping. And then they don't know 115 people. It's like, how do you, and then you have somebody that has touched everybody and like is really familiar with the community. So how do you build an experience that makes that first person, that person's first time in the forest feel just as welcome or as part of the community as someone that's been around? Yeah, like that that piece of like setting an intention for, almost not imaginary people, but people you don't, you don't know what their mind is thinking, but you we have to like put ourselves in that mind in yeah. terms of like, what would they do? Like, and if they didn't know how to process this or go through this, like what would be the other options? I think, I think that piece is our intention behind everything is, is like, that's what I think about when I think, uh, when I think about all the festivals we've been to, we're like, whether that's like Burning Man, Lightning in a Bottle, like raves in the early 2000s, <laughs> like the, the pieces of like all that intention of like, what's behind closed doors when nothing is built and when things are being made and when people are talking in meetings, that's the most, that's what comes through, whether in the value of the production, in the value of the spaces or how welcoming it is or how people feel a part of it. And I, I think that's, that's a piece that's like really hard to explain Mm. because it's not the most visibly, I mean, it's visibly tangible in the structures, but like that, like tangible feeling that we have is very hard to convey. Yeah. Across the spectrum of, attendees yeah right with the intention of being inclusive right yeah. right this how do you, yeah how do you not fall back on 
the experiences that you've had at something like a festival where you you know the 30 or 40 people you're going with but you know that you're also kind of all on a similar wavelength you're there for specific purposes whether it be to see specific music acts or Mm -hmm. to go out in the middle of the desert and experience something like Burning Man that's just like a whole new world like everybody's kind of on a similar wavelength whereas this there's definitely people that haven't experienced any of that and can't relate to those experiences so for them they can relate to maybe they do yoga at home or they you know they've never camped before but they also like have been to a lot of like I don't know summer camps as a kid or something like Mm -hmm. you're trying to pick and pull pieces of what people could relate to in their own lives so that they're like I don't know about this camping stuff I've never been in the forest but at least I know cooking or at least I know dancing to music with the DJs at night so like you're trying to again you're trying to basically provide a super wide spectrum of experiences that all connect together which was I think that's where the intention really shines through is because that could easily be skewed in one direction right it could easily be like oh this is there's so much fun here for someone that's extroverted and there's a lot of aspects of like whether it's uh, dancing to the music at night or hanging out by your campsite drinking beers with your friends like we could have skewed super far in that direction um, or we could have skewed super far in like the super holistic uh, almost like you're going to like a yoga retreat experience where people aren't really like yeah. raging and having fun, but they're doing a lot of like healing activities. Whereas there's probably a lot of people that can't really relate to that aspect of things because right. they right. don't have that in their in their day to day lives, and so we have to provide that wide spectrum and, and connect make, it all together. Yeah, making it accessible. I, I mean, we say lightning in a bottle, early raves, Burning Man, even just nuts and bolts of like how you get to experience those things. It's like yeah. Costs lightning bottle. Central California. It costs easily like four hundred dollars to have to go to do that. Right. Yeah. Burning mm-hmm. Man easily costs fifteen hundred dollars to go yeah. do that, right? And you need to take like a week off of work and Yeah. So like I would say our in 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 addition to inclusivity, I think accessibility, like mm-hmm. we are very privileged in getting to experience those things. So how do we bring that that vibe, that inspi- inspiring experience. It's so rejuvenating to go to those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're not, you're right, they're not accessible to a lot of people. Yeah. Or they don't have a way in, you know? Yeah, you know how to, like, access them. Or go with yeah. people that have gone before. Right. Right. For, for this, you literally could have been one solo person yeah, in, there a car, were. in a car yeah. that has never camped before and yeah. never done yoga before. And never done silent disco before. You've never started a fire. You've never hiked up a mountain, and it was accessible for you yeah. to, to be a part of that. Hey, and even if you had dietary restrictions, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we tried to be as inclusive as we could with that yeah. too. Yeah, making gluten-free pancakes, man. Yeah, that's why they tasted like berry. I ate where I was like, is there like berries in this? And then like paleo, paleo pancake mix. I was like, oh, that's what it was. <laughs> the other interesting part too, just from my own perspective, was I don't know if you guys felt this, but straddling that line between being a participant and being a someone that's taking care of things. Oh, for sure. You know, absolutely. Like you had to pick and choose your spots. Yeah, just yeah. go in, go out, go in, yeah. go out, mm-hmm. and 
yeah, even even talking to people like Phil and stuff, where it was like, even having that feeling of a participant by just overseeing, mm. you know, yeah. was was interesting. Yeah, because it's all it's all con- like collectively contribute was one of the values, right? And yeah. so, whatever you're doing, you are a part of the experience of making it happen. So whether it's, I'm like, you know, hands on my knees twerking in booty yoga, or yeah. I'm like running around to make sure the trash cans are all emptied and like clean for the next right. day. Like, yeah. Let's talk about this then. Let's talk about what what each of us did. What was what was our role in it? And then what was like that mindset of like that jumping in and out in your specific role? Um, what was my role? <laughs> uh, I would, I mean, one was uh, coordinating the food, making sure all the food was good. And so beforehand, um, talking to the team of people from Skid Row Coffee to uh, Ralph and Marco um, to Phil and Carleen to then me and Kyle um, just planning all the meals. Um, Which is a huge aspect of things. 123 people. Never, we've never, the most we've ever fed as a group was, was it 67 at Lightning in a Bottle? But that was all championed by Ralph and Kras who just took it, to, yeah. did the, the kitchen all the time. So really, yeah biggest group of people I've ever personally tried to feed is like 30 and like a yeah. you know like a party setting or something maybe what is, and like the dimensions of the food or like the the actual just like multiplication and like yeah, time scaling yeah, yeah scaling it trying to figure out how do you in a camping setting like what do we, what do we pre-prep like what you know what are the supplies that everyone needs right you're, you're coordinating amongst those like eight, eight of us right and everyone's busy doing their own things and so you're trying to like send emails and like as more and more people are registering their tickets you're asking them for their dietary restrictions and then there's like 40 people who didn't register so it's like you try to like figure out okay this many people might have a gluten allergy this many people might be vegan Um, what are the different options and then also how do you make it healthy right because you're trying to ask people to engage fully in workshops and i personally believe you need to have really good nutrition to like fully embrace like the we're asking people to be up from like 8 30 in the morning till like you know, on Saturday, it's like till three in the morning, silent disco, right? Like they need to be fed well. And so what are the options we're giving people to really nourish them to have a full experience? What was the second part of the question? Uh, the role, Yeah. And then like how you're jumping in and out throughout the weekend, how you balance that. Right. Right. So then like for me running around like in the kitchen, right. In one capacity, making sure everyone has all the things that they need, but then it's like, okay, things are okay right now. I'm gonna go jump into this workshop. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and put on the side disco headphones and do a 30 minute binaural sound healing, you know. And I think for me, jumping in and out, I fucking appreciated like when I was able to jump in and just do, and I was like fully present and just doing that. Felt so good. I don't know. It was nice. It was, I like I really liked going back and forth. It was yeah. it wasn't like I felt like FOMO or anything like that, you know. And there's a lot. There's a really a deep. I was talking with Phil about this earlier. There's like a deep feeling of fulfillment when you're actually functioning doing something as a function that serves the greater good mm-hmm. and then you see that it's making someone else's experience better you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it's like a another layer or like an extra dynamic piece of the experience when you're also in service and mm-hmm. helping the greater good yeah <clears throat> i guess uh 
my role would probably be to, or was to, to basically oversee all of the build and logistics and packing and everything that we brought basically. So um, anything from building a shade structure that we've built a million times before, but making it different to coordinating other people that were participating and, you know, like Lucas and Remo and Jenny doing the Starship where giving them the autonomy to do that while also making sure that we on the back end had everything that they needed and were able to bring all their supplies and making sure it was set up correctly and safely. And throughout the whole weekend, you know, part of it's like power, for example, you know, you're out, you're out in the wilderness and you have to make sure that you have a, a power structure so that you can have power in one end for the workshops that they have a microphone and making sure that everything is lit up to having a power at the other end to charge our walkie talkies and our silent disco headphones and putting out the uplights in the trees every night to make it like lit up because it was a super dark space and having to charge those every day throughout the day. So, and then, you know, part of the fun is packing and unpacking that truck, you know, <laughs> just like Tetrising, yeah. Tetrising a million things into a 17 foot U-Haul truck that for some reason we just picked that size and it turns out that everything we had fit just to the yeah. brim of that truck yeah. all the way to the top and just figuring out all that stuff and, uh, budgeting all the supplies and making sure everyone's, uh, got what they need for their, for their part. Right. So the great part about <clears throat> camp out this time is that we had a lot of people helping and a lot of crews, which, you know, it doesn't, you know, we can't talk about camp out without thanking all the people that yep. did all that work yep. and the mm. decoration crew. And mm -hmm. like Alex said, all the food, mm -hmm. food crews and, logistics people and just people that you know showed up to help pack the truck and unpack the truck or people mm -hmm. that stood out in the sun for four hours in a row on the road making sure that every car was parked in the right yeah. spot mm -hmm. or you know coming thursday morning and leaving sunday night with us um but <laughs> it was pretty cool to kind of spearhead that and like alex said you're you're overseeing and you're you're getting enjoyment out of watching other people experience something like the wonder base is, is obviously the, the prime example of this is a shade structure that's made out of gray poles and gray tarps that we take to Burning man as straight utility. Like it's just meant to cover you from the sand and the wind and the sun. And there's, there's no reason to make it look nice, you know? And then we've, we've brought it to various things before. And every time we look at it, we're like, this is something that we could create a more welcoming and, cool space out of yeah. uh, we just haven't been able to take that leap and so it was awesome that this time with the help of so many others um, we were able to take that step and make it something that's like you didn't even it didn't even look the same as it did before but it had carpet and it had seating and it had lighting and it had tapestries and it's it had so lanterns good. And, it looks yep. so yep. Um, nice. and then you take pictures of it and you take videos like that was <laughs> for me like probably the biggest enjoyment was taking a video of 60 people like dancing inside that mm -hmm. thing yeah. where it's like, yeah, you look at it and it starts from like a stack of poles and a buckets of, <laughs> of tarps and dusty ass buckets, you know? dusty yeah. ass buckets. And it becomes <laughs> like a place where people can lay down and, and yeah. you know, fall asleep during sound healing yeah. or hang out at night while people like dance 50 deep with silent disco headphones yeah. on. Yeah. So for my experience, for sure, the jumping in and out of piece was, was really interesting. 
there were times when I felt like there was one or two things that I was probably like ready to jump into, but then one little thing would pop up. Yeah. Uh, and so that kind of limited my ability to, to jump into that workshop at that time. But I felt like I got enough and I did enough. Um, but it was cool, man. I mean, just personally for me, from, from my end, I've been to so many of those things where like lining in a bottle or Burning Man, you see these guys like cruising around on golf carts and they got radios and like, you're thinking about what are, what are they thinking about right now? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. like, that guy is just thinking about this one area where power might be down or yep. something has to be lit cause it's about to be dark or I got to refill the generator with gas and like, man, it's, it's so cool to see those guys do that and then be able to be that person. Yeah. Mm. I mean, when we would go early on, we, we couldn't even concept of like how you created like a festival where you're yeah. like, where did all this shit come from? Like, yeah. where do you store all this stuff? You know, or like, how do you even rent all this equipment? Or like, those people aren't even enjoying. Like, this is the shit right now. This is a great life experience. Like, yeah. these people are not even enjoying it. Like, they're yeah. working. Like, my mind could never, for a while, couldn't wrap around yeah. that piece. And then kind of seeing it now in that space where it's like, goes back to that co- collective greater good of like, yeah, you, we, we do that so that it just kind of, almost like people are on this like escalate, or this like, like people mover, you know, like on, they just get on the belt and they kind of like look around. <laughs> then we're just handling everything they need. They can go this way. They can yeah. go on this belt and go this way, but they yeah. don't have to like look around, like try to figure or decipher anything yeah. out other than yeah. like make a choice. They, they just know that choice. when it gets dark that there will be lights up. And they yeah. just know that if my headphone runs out of battery, I can go charge it. Hmm. And people were willing to contribute where they could, but it was also good to kind of just oversee all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I mean, how about for you? So, obviously, from my vantage point, the, I mean, you could speak about whatever role, but, like, how fucking awesome the workshops were and how much managing and coordinating it takes to one-on-one develop the relationship from each workshopper, and then you have a variance in, like, the workshop presenters, right? There's some people Mm -hmm. who was, like, very experienced, and then there's some people who it's, like, their first time, and this is, like, a game-changing moment for them, right? Like navigating the relationship and the oversight to because the workshops were on point like every single one at least that i got to experience and that i heard everyone else experience seemed like they got so much out of each one and i think that's like such a it's probably the core temple of the whole camp out is the workshop yeah it it would have been a regular camping trip where people just like drink and party if we don't have a full slate of Probably you haven't done ninety nine percent of those things. Yeah, yeah, or at least uh, the combination. But I think it's funny because I think I have the out of everybody, <laughs> I have the easiest job. Like I have the, for sure the easiest job when I look at it because my job is not to. I'm not like creating anything. I'm not mine. Mine is not like this like labor work or like this work. I mean, there's like planning and like typing stuff, but like my job is to is to harness right is like to harness the people are in our community to harness this 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 the sense of values that we've created as a community and how do we keep that alive through what we're programming and what people are experiencing through every point of the way so in a way it's it's interesting because i'm not i'm not uh, it's almost like that's where i feel the most creative 
in a sense because I get to like look at things and I just get to look like when we did tribes like putting together the tribes and being like these people would go great together you know or like this would be awesome and I was saying somebody's like fantasy drafting for sports because mm-hmm. like dude this person's a shit like wait till they meet and like you get those you get those like payoffs like Mike's song Mike's song and Jonathan's song right yeah. so like Mike's our boy from like you know th- 13 years now right and he's like this established uh man with a family uh, with a wife he's a dancer and then Jonathan song is like 19 year old photographer but it's like really looks up to people in that space and then for them to share the last name to be in the same tribe and then to have them saturday night and like silent disco going up to people going receive 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 like that's the shit that's it right there where it's like oh yeah or like yeah. jenny finishes her zoom button like thinking about like that idea of like how do we how do we make the la- what's that last workshop like mm-hmm. like what is the last workshop mm-hmm. of the whole weekend like one it's like i like the idea that like zumba is like something that you do think like your mom does you know but it's like an active thing and jenny's been doing it and like recognizing like when she came over here and we met and her talking about that experience of like trying to bring that on more mm-hmm. um step into that like whoa what a way to empower it even more than to like finish that way you know um but so all that stuff's like really easy. It's just about really just thinking how do we at every touch make someone feel welcome and easy and empowered and like whether you're a presenter or whether you're a participant. So like the welcome booth, like setting, setting, having people set intention. That's like something very simple, but that's like, that's just, that's harnessing, right? That's not even anything like, oh, that's a great, like, it's, it's a very simple idea, but it's like, it's harnessing the quality of every person that goes mm. Because they have to bring their intention and they're putting it out and they're going to manifest it because they're stating it to you. And it works and it's symbiotically working because it's like you're putting this out there and that's a big thing to put out. But we're welcoming you and we're like here for you. And then it's just like that that constant perpetual motion of like unselfishness for the greater good that we keep Mm -hmm. talking about that builds into itself. That is like the whole community itself is looking for the looking out for the greater good. So how can you be worried about yourself in these moments mm. you know you can be self-conscious and you can feel self-conscious but it's it's not anything compared to the rewards that you feel when you mm. connect with somebody or when you give someone a compliment or when you ask somebody else what they're doing and like i think that's at the end of it like whether that's the food whether that's the programming whether that's the build the logistics you know to the decoration crew to the bathroom crew to the healing dome to andrew doing the fire to all the signs, the EX letters, you know, to the small touches everywhere that people did. Like, it all comes back to that core that it's like for the greater good, that it's something outside of ourselves, that that's so contrary to what our society leads us to believe or the actual system that we live in in America. Yeah. And that's like, I think what, what I see whenever it's just like, we did it in all different aspects, but it's that one thing that has made it so special. But I think harnessing those powers is really what made this something different than anything else because I could have built a structure and set up power and brought all the supplies and made sure we had water and everything and it also could have been just a regular event and I think we can't overstate like the idea of having a welcome booth right (laughs) where I think that changed everything I think that talking to people that were a friend of a friend that maybe didn't dive into some of the materials we were sharing ahead of time. So they're coming with a blank slate. And the only reason that they can dive into that first workshop and the only reason that 
it doesn't take them 24 hours to get comfortable is because right away you bring them into a space that you're sitting on a rug and you're going through your intentions and you're playing fun games and you know you're saying like all right welcome here's your name tag what's your intention here's your headphones you're gonna love these like there was so much built into that first moment that that really helps because the one thing that we're always challenged by is our lack of time, mm-hmm. right? It's like mm-hmm. we don't have people for four days. Mm-hmm. So without that easing in of things, we need something right away that just sets someone's mindset. Mm-hmm. And so just planning the welcome station, making sure there was someone there, whether it was you or helping the people that were going to be there understand what the purpose of that place was um, and making sure someone was there the whole time. Even the people that were sitting up there at 10 o'clock at night on Friday mm-hmm, while we're, mm-hmm, while we're mm-hmm. sitting yeah. doing a big group welcome, what people don't realize is that there were still two people sitting at that yeah. welcome booth in case yep. anyone came. Yep. So I don't think we can overstate the idea of having even just that first touch point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff, guys. Yeah, it's a good download, man. It's a good download. Um, you want to talk about like what this means for us now, or, or like where where this sets us? Where do, where do we see ourselves now, or like what does this mean for Yikes, or what do you? So, what are the implications? I wonder for you guys, like after this, if you could recall back to like how we felt after 2013 Arctic, how we felt after 2014 Wilderness Hole, how we felt after coming home from King King, you know, the first fundraiser we raised like three Gs, right? this feeling of like dude we just did it i feel like this is a feeling that we've continued to have Mm -hmm. for me this experience was just another affirmation Mm -hmm. and i've been trying to really focus on um cultivating more of like a steadiness in my life rather than riding the highs and the lows so Mm -hmm. hard Mm -hmm. um early on on this trip like yeah, Ardex, Wildernozzle, King King, like all those major events. I was like, yeah, yeah. we're changing the world. Yeah. We're, you know, we're yeah. done. And then it's like, oh, everyone's going back to work. Oh, well, I haven't oh. talked to these people in like a month now. Oh, I feel really like alone and depressed. Like, oh, what are we doing? Are we, does this even like matter? You know, like, but now I'm like, oh, I feel so much more comfortable in our own skin, like in our yikes skin. And so... I'm less like, where do we go from here right now? I'm more like, okay, like, we're, 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 we're getting, I mean, we are becoming what we're supposed to be becoming right now. And we found this, whether it's the synergy, the intention, just the practice, we're like, we're finding our groove, you know, and it feels in that pocket you know mm-hmm. and so i feel less like concerned about like oh you know oh, we don't i don't have this like you know access point to like have this experience again right away or like whatever mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i love the emphasis this year on this was a great experience in the mountains but how are we bringing this back this is not an escape right this is something that we're trying to learn we're trying to cultivate in our daily lives yeah. So, so the highs and the lows are not as great anymore for me. I'm just like trying to like, okay. It's more like, are we taking the time and doing the things to like, okay, reflect on this and then figure out, okay, have the conversations with the people we need to have conversations with 
learning and then figure out what's that next milestone for us now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I think I feel a little bit similar, but then I also feel like this is actually a very unique feeling mm-hmm. compared to the other ones. What I felt like a lot, especially after the early on stuff, Artex, Wilderness, all some of the other big milestones that we, we made, especially in the youth space, um, was like, yes, that feeling of, man, we did it. Like, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe we had this. I mean, Artex was like, I can't believe we had this idea and we actually did it. Yeah. You know, like we would never, I never would have imagined we were able to do that. But then the feeling always kind of turned into two things. One is I think almost every other time we've done something that we put a lot of time and effort into every time afterwards, I've always felt like me or us could have done more. Mm -hmm. I've always been like, Oh, I wish we had more campers Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. I wish we could have done this longer or I wish that we didn't ditch that one idea or I wish we would have done that scavenger hunt differently or something like that. I've always had that. Like, I wish we could have done more or done it Mm -hmm. differently. But this time, I definitely don't have any feeling of like, I wish we would have done more. Mm. Like, we did mm. all of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. We set out to do a large group. Um, we intentionally made it 125. It wasn't like, oh, I wish we had 150. Like, it was a perfect amount. Yeah. We had the right amount of food. We had the right mix of workshop and fun. And like, I'm, yeah, it's the first time I've ever felt like mm. I, we didn't have to do more. Mm. Like, we, there wasn't anything I would do differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the second thing, too, was... For most of those past experiences, to some degree, I mostly felt like we did it, the three of us, mm-hmm. with the help of a lot of our friends that helped staff these camps, and it was great. And I'm like, man, everyone's getting so much out of it, and like it's kind of emotional because we've been through experiences like this before in our own personal lives, whether it be through SPOP or things like that. Um, but then it was like, the three of us have to figure out what to do next, right? Mm-hmm. The three of us have to figure out, okay, What's the evolution of wilderness? Like, how do we do next year's camping trip with the kids differently? How do we get more kids? How do we do, how are the three of us trying to keep in touch with these kids in between camps? Mm -hmm. Like, so much of it fell on our shoulders, right? And also, like, what are we doing with this now? We had that big shift in time where we went from being youth-focused to young adult-focused. And that whole shift was, how are the three of us going to kind of figure out where to take this and what to do with it? Right, but so much has happened over the last twelve months with Wonderful Wednesdays and getting like a a really good solid glue glue crew involved, a board of directors involved, people that have certain expertises, whether that be gathering data or how to reach out to people better, or even things like merchandise or systems like using our website better and things like that. Like having so many people involved now that I think that after this camp out, my feeling is that it's so much more spread out mm-hmm. that what are we as up to 123 people, what are we going to do next with this? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why like a lot of what I've been thinking about over the past like week and a half is, is like, what's the next thing that can continue to energize all of these people and how can we activate them to do what they love to do, mm-hmm. right? And how can we activate people that did a workshop, right? They they created something and they provided something and they utilized their skill set and they can do more of that, 
and we can bring that to the world and we can bring that to more people beyond who is at camp out. But it's like a we now. It's mm. like a, I'm not worried about us making these decisions on what to do with it next, mm. you know? And like, I think we've basically created this crazy wide foundation of concrete. Hmm. That's just like, now we could just be like, Hey, we're going to go like, think about this. Here's a random example. We used to do a feed for the homeless on Thanksgiving yep. in the park in Long Beach. Yep. Yep. And that was the three of us and a couple other people that like to help out deciding like cooking food, yeah. getting people to like do potluck and participate, like texting people like, Hey, do you want to come? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. We'd get like maybe 15, 20 people out there. Can you imagine if we put that right now? Yeah. Yeah. There'd be like a hundred people that were like, would want to do it. Yeah. And all, right, so, all right. So we're doing it at the same time. <laughs> right, okay, but okay. like we wouldn't it, like literally we could not show up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it would still happen. And it would still happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like now we're moving as a community mm. instead of creating for the community. Mm. Hmm. And that's the main difference yeah. I feel this year. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. That's Damn, great. Dude. Both of yeah, you, you capsulated yeah. what I was thinking. Um, yeah, like 2013, <laughs> I talk about highs and lows. <laughs> I quit my job the next day. <laughs> I quit my job like two days later. <laughs> You're like, I'm going for yeah, this. Yeah, I'm going for this. Didn't have any plan, any business, any money structure, but it was just like, that was the, the high. That high was the high. But I think that's, I think that's why this has all worked. Yeah. Is because over the years, whether it's our community, the everybody early on to you too, is like people allow me to be emotional. <laughs> people allow me to just like be in that space and like just go, ah yeah, let's do this and like be careless at times, you know, and be be overzealous. because um, I think pe- people will recognize that in me that I'm trying to create something with that. Uh, and then it, va- it makes me feel like a better person in being that because I want to make that feel for other people. So I think I, I was only like a little bit of like a like a dance monkey dance kind of thing early on. But even back in the days with like Spock before mm-hmm. pre everything, where it was just like, oh, cool, people get stuff out of this, like being this way. And then and then the first camp six years ago was like, oh, whoa, like we can do this for like young people it's a gift it's a yeah oh this is like this is something we're all doing collectively and bringing and like you can impart this on people you know and then and then in the spaces now we've grown adults it's not so much about like i said it's not about it's not about us being the wise elders in in a sense but it's about like the harnessing of like the community and and i think over the years it's become more and more that less of that high low and more of like responsibility of like as we practice this purpose for our own selves and our own lives and within the organization, within EIKS, in order to be able to like run this between us, there has to be a really healthy dose of self-examination and self-process. Mm. It's just that practice alone. And like, what does this mean for EIKS? What does this mean for myself? Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what is, how does this help the world? Like, what is going on in the world? What are the ailments that I'm seeing? Who are the people that are hurting? Who are the people that are like underrepresented that aren't being um, accounted for? And then you take it to like, so it's almost like, um, I feel like we're always, we got to be ahead of the curve a little bit of like even how the community's feeling it at times, right? Because we don't, we can't be in that. We can't be stuck in the highs and the lows or else we'll get caught in that stagnation. We're like, 
I think th- with the camp out, it was that's one maybe why I personally feel the overwhelming where it's like, fuck, we have responsibility not only to these communities that we want to like help and be allies and to partner with, like these hundred twenty three people that were like, I'll fucking be vulnerable with you. I'll fucking go in, I'll examine myself, like I'll share my insecurities, like I'll put it all out there, I'll connect with these people. Like how do we not just walk them on that cliff? you know and then they walk off and it's like well that we'll see you next year mm. but it's like what are we doing like if you're an artist how are we supporting you like mm. if you found some leadership role or you found what your gift was in the camp out like how do you extend that into your life and i think coming back it was that feeling of like yeah now we're moving together and it's not being on that high and that low it's about having that responsibility to like have the foresight to say like all you have to do is stay on the conveyor belt. Mm. It's like, like that conveyor belt analogy. Like, stay on the conveyor belt. Like we're building out in front, you know. And then you can plug yourself in into the ways that you want. And then, hopefully, we're doing enough of a good of a job that like, the leadership of like the people that will begin to take over certain aspects of it, right? And we were talking about this the other night. Like, what what is the number one thing? Because we named, we were just like, who would you see like in departments and things like that? Like, but what is the number one quality? that you would want to trust in somebody that was to like take over EX or like take over like a big leadership role or take us to the next level. And it was unanimously when we were chatting with Uni and Phil, it was like someone that will choose for the greater good over their own experience. And like that piece of like, how do we embody that in what we're doing? Like you might have an experience where we're doing like a fun event, but as a participant, that's all you should experience. And then start to see but what you're seeing being exemplified is like, well, these people have created this whole experience so that I can enjoy that. I'm going to do that for other people. So I think that piece is like the coolest piece of like where we're at. We're like, that's a culture. Like that's a real thing that can be put into the world. Like that speaks to so many ailments within the world. And like, you know, that we don't, that's not necessarily like we got to go change the world on like a million person level. Right. But within our community, and the people that we partner with, with the experts that are actually doing the work in the community, that's fucking limitless power mm-hmm. if we continue to like take on that job, that duty. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's crazy because it just made me think about that quote that we used so much a long time ago. <laughs> and if you've ever been to our house, you're taking a piss in our bathroom. <laughs> you stared right at this quote every single time. And you may have missed it. Yeah. But... Never doubt that a small group of committed citizens can change the world because it's the only thing that ever has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a piss right now. Yeah. <laughs> How about let's close with this then? Let's, let's close with we're six years in. Give an audacious vision of when we look back in six years, in six more years, what will, we, what will we have accomplished? Well, this is tough because I feel like we're all going to share a similar version of the same answer um so we op in the six years we've operated from our separate apartments to then this house here in west adams los angeles um a home base i think is so important a place where people feel like they belong and a place that we can utilize for um in our partnerships with people and our collaborations, what we deem is is healing and empowering for the people that we are, we are touching. 
And so not only is a community center, in my mind, the next thing, but in six years, we have these these homes in not just like progressive parts of LA, but like in places that really actually need this love, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of places in America that I feel, a lot of places around the world, but if I were just to put the scope on America, a lot of even areas within California that you won't find maybe so many people like us that if we are called to be doing this work on that sort of a scale, I think having these centers, these these community hubs um, that are serving not just like our like-minded group of people. Yeah, I think for me it would be that I think right alongside that vision for sure is the main thing is how do we how do we make there be a, a camp out vibe 365 days a year mm-hmm. how do we harness the people power and go affect communities that we can't bring to camp out mm-hmm. whether that's the way that we're partnering with the orphanage in Tijuana or stuff or building the structure at building independence building the structure in Skid Row, in Skid Row for the for yeah. the event or you know doing things in san francisco new york those type of things too but i think one way to really harness that power in one place <clears throat> is how do we how can we reinvent the idea of like a digital community mm. there you go there you go talk that shit come. talk <laughs> that shit like how do we make it so like if person a that came to camp out and person z that may have had one quick interaction maybe they experienced the same workshop together and they had that common like you like this i like this too or i don't know you or how do we make it so the mike songs of the world who are in their 30s and super established and the jonathan songs of the world who are just see yikes from afar and and go out and and dive in and come grab us how do we build a space both in the real world and online, if you're not in the same vicinity, to make that connection, whether you're consuming content that helps you heal or helps you connect, or whether you're sharing, or whether you're someone that's a leader of some sort where you can harness our people power without it funneling through us having to like do something, right? So if you are a person like, a Lucas, for example, who hit us up today about the art installation idea, which is like, how do you create a space where you're making art for a part of town that needs it, but it's like you can automatically just tap into this world at a space or online that feels wholesome, right? I want it to be like we're just, we just have created this web out into the world where someone's doing something really awesome for a community that the three of us have never even thought about. And that has a touch point back to us because we are able to provide knowledge and resources and community and people and learning so that they can take that and then go do that and we can scale. Mm -hmm. Scale the goodness. Yes. Yeah. Mine's, yeah, the vision's both like, when I think like audacious, it's both of those. Like it would be like one like maybe it's like the international center 
that's like in LA, right? The holistic, holistic human center. That's also the headquarters. That's like community space, doing workshops. You can get healing, whether different healing modalities, right? Whether it's like therapists, yoga, um, like human, human connection, like that piece. Um, and then the digital footprint of like building out a way for people to be able to experience EX or this, these ideas that we're beginning to like manifest more so. And you don't have to be in a certain place. You, you can be anywhere in the world, whether that's like, you know, we go card game, we start to begin to make media and we start to begin to go global with like cultural exchange trips. Like the idea that we could go into communities just to learn yeah. and to like actually use what we learn from like a, like a humble space of like, these are our blind spots. This is what we don't know about community and this is what you do so well on your part. And like, how can we bring that to where we're at and how can that influence this ideal that we, we work within? You know, so whether that's like programs globally with like with like content that is actually providing people a model or a way or skills to be able to bring intimacy or connection or understanding or compassion into their lives in a way that's not like super heady, in a way that's just very practical. Because I think a lot of what we do, like I think this is our ongoing problem, but I'm beginning to embrace it more and more is that it's really hard to explain what we do and it's really hard to try to capture that on video. And it's really hard to create a marketing package for what it is that we do, right? Pitch sentence. It's hard to create a pitch sentence or a pitch deck. Like, this sounds really good. But the most beautiful thing is like, when someone experiences it, they experience it to the core. Yeah. And it's in them. And that's like more than anything that people can experience. So like, But it's done through like a welcome booth or like setting of an intention or like helping cook. Or like helping build something in these simple acts done with intention. So like, how do we do that so that we teach people in other spaces to be able to do that for their family member, for their partner, for their communities, that they can practice that every day? Maybe it's like through some content. Maybe it's through uh, activity or like the card game that we share with them. But then they come back and then they, they look at like what we're doing and they can see the work that we're doing is exactly the same thing that they're doing. Yeah. But it's like just on a scale in here in America. Like one thought that this is kind of off a tangent but like i really believe like what we do is like the most basic human work that applies to like everybody like we were having this conversation of like why people join like extreme extremist groups right so like uh, before when like al-qaeda or taliban like when you're looking at who they recruit like a lot of them are recruiting from some of the reports that we've seen or like just research is like young poor young poor people right that don't have community and that can be the same thing as like gangs in california young kids that don't have families and what are they receiving within these groups you find community in these places it might be mis we some of us might think it's misguided some of us might think it's see as negative and like terrible but my experience like with kids in long beach and like why they join the gang it's because they find community they find trust they find a, a place to like have an identity but it's community. You find a place where you belong. And I think if you can just create that in a way and you and you practice it and you work on it enough, you know, obviously there's certain things that you'll never be able to break, but you can you can find that humanity in someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and still, all of us still be fucking flawed human beings and like make our mistakes and like still be okay and continue to move forward. And like, I think the greatest thing that we do is we don't live in this space of like, we're EIX holier than now. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, we're yikes some people trying our best and we have our shit and we're all fucking human beings going through a human experience like fucking up but like there's grace and there's compassion mm-hmm. between each other and ourselves 
courage, compassion, and, and wonder. wonder. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck yeah, man. So we'll see you uh, in Thailand when we open up our, uh, our, our international <laughs> holistic. Holy, <hostel. laughs> so good. Colanta, twenty twenty five. Oh, that's so. Cop. So if you ever been to Colanta, you know exactly where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right next to the monkey bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. You guys turn the day karaoke at night, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. Journey but, continues. First thing. Save the date. July 3rd and 5th, 2020. Hey, hey 2020. Save the date. You heard it here first. Yeah, make sure you get it because we're locking the spots up at 150. So yeah. 150 max. Max. We can do this. It's going to be even better. Can it be even better, actually? It's going to be the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, we for sure. We've learned. We've reflected. We'll continue to augment and improve. Yes. Yeah. I think I've got it. Courage, compassion, and wonder. Courage, compassion, and wonder. Courage, compassion, wonder. Flow, mistakes, wonders. Love, growth. Courage, compassion, wonder. Flow, mistakes, wonders. Love, growth. This is the Ike's in your pocket. Let's get to work.